fully. And so if you have your Bibles today, if you have version open, go ahead and go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's where we're going to begin today. See, there's a problem when it comes to learning to love God fully. The problem is, is that love isn't what we think it is. I'm going to say that again. Part of our problem when it comes to loving God is that love isn't what we think it is. See, love is not a feeling. Can I get an amen from those of you that have been married for more than two minutes, right? What? Come on, somebody. This is not a good way to start this out. Oh, I'm sorry, babe. I didn't. I meant, you know, it's easy to love most of the time, but then sometimes, you know, love is a choice, right? Uh, those of you that, that, that have uh, someone in your life that maybe is difficult to love, it takes a lot sometimes to choose to love other people. And love is not what we think it is. There's something in our culture, Corey, that, is, that really is kind of un- eroding love. And it's this idea of acceptance and tolerance. And I want you to hear this at the beginning. I'm going to tick you off right from the start. Because I know right now that everybody's screaming tolerance and acceptance. But can I tell you something? Tolerance and acceptance is a poor substitute for the legitimate love of God. Yeah, I mean, how many of you like to wake up in the morning and hear your spouse say, I'm going to tolerate you today? I I tolerate you so much. Oh, I tolerate you. (laughs) I'm just going to accept you just like you are. See? I mean, I have to accept you. If we, uh, for real, you guys getting this? Because here's the deal. Our world is telling us that we have to accept people that are different than us. They're telling us that we have to tolerate them because they aren't seeing the love of Jesus from us. Y'all ain't talking to me. I, I just came out right out of the gate, but this word has been in my heart all week this week. Tolerance and acceptance is a poor substitute for the real love of God at work in our lives. And there's this thing that goes around, we say, love the sinner and hate the sin. But can I tell you, you can't do that. You must love the sinner, period. Because that's what Jesus did too. Jesus is the one who works on the inside of those who have come to know him. We love he judges. And so the world is looking at the church and saying, what's wrong with you guys? Come on, just tolerate us. Just accept us the way we are. And what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church today is no, no acceptance, no tolerance, love. Love. Love them the way I have loved you. Now, I know I'm not making friends with all my Bible-thumping fans But at this point, I don't have a whole lot of them. Here's the the point. When, When we only study Scripture to undermine someone's lifestyle or prop up our lifestyle, we've missed the gospel altogether. Okay, wait, you need to say that again, because I think it's important for us to really recognize you can be on two fronts of a situation and, and some of you are, are here using the scripture to say, this is why I believe. And then others are saying, this is why I should believe, or you should believe. 
And the whole aspect of scripture is not for you to make an argument about anybody else's life. It's for you to understand the redeeming love of God that he sent his son for you. In your life. And the testimony of who you are brings about change in the people around you that so much so that they say, what happened to you? <laughs> so that you can express God's love to them. That does not mean, however, for those of you that are wanting to hear this, it does not mean that we accept the things that are not of God. Because this isn't about acceptance or tolerance. This is the flip side of this. And for all my Bible-thumping fans that have stuck, stuck around to this point, here's the deal. We can't love God without loving His Word. And we can never love God and sin at the same time. Oh, there's like three people that got as that with much you. As, as much as it is up to us as believers to love and not just tolerate or accept the people around us, as much as that is true, we cannot love God while we love sin. You will do one or the other. And one or the other will have control of your life. So if you're thinking, hey, that gets you off the hook because everybody's just got to love everybody, no, you still have to put an account before God for the way you lived and the faith that you exhibited in your life. And so we cannot love God without loving his word. And Jesus, as much as he was about love, sometimes he said stuff I don't like. And he said this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. He's talking about the end times. And how many of you know that every day is one day closer to the end times, y'all? So whatever the case may be, this is going to be more true tomorrow than it is today. Jesus said, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. Jesus told us that as time goes by, that the sin of the world will increase, and the love of many will grow cold. In other words, people will lose track of what it really truly means to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so today, starting today for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at that verse specifically because the human heart is, is most deceitful above all things, according to Jeremiah 17.9. Look at this verse. It says, the human heart is most deceitful of all things. Who really knows how bad it is? We hear it in our culture, you know, just follow your heart. I think of the song Simple Man by Leonard Skinnerd. Come on, where are my, where are my, where are my people at, right? <laughs> Leonard Skinner, man, I love that. Be a simple kind of man, right? He says, mama says what? He says, I just want you to follow your heart, son. Just follow your heart. Well, can I tell you? Ah, it's probably not a good idea. Because Jeremiah says that our heart is the most deceitful of all things. And our hearts can lead us down a path that breaks us into pieces. But the love of God can change the human heart. The love of God can redeem the human heart. Can I get an amen this morning? The love of God can change the human heart so that it can be redeemed and revived so that we can truly begin to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength. But it starts with our heart. You know, one of the things, Jeremiah, that um, I know we've taught the kids several times is out of the abundance of the heart, the, 
mouth speaks. And so much of who we are and the testimony of our lives, we show our hearts, y'all. We show exactly what the, the deepest, darkest, shadowed thing that you hope nobody would see. Yeah, it comes out. It comes out of your mouths. It comes out in those moments where you are more flesh than you are spirit. I don't know about you, but I have those. They're being quiet today. They're, 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 they <laughs> yeah, are hedging. They, maybe they, they are hedging their bets. I do. <laughs> hedging their bets today. Someone at home, say amen for yeah, us. Right, we can't right, hear right, you. Right. We can't hear you, but we believe you're saying amen. Yeah. So the, the human heart is deceitfully wicked, but God can redeem the human heart. And it starts with our heart. Everybody say this, okay? Whoops, let me pull back. Love for God starts in the heart. Love for God, Love for God starts, starts in, the heart. in the heart. It starts in the heart. And we see it here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. This passage of scripture that we're about to read, it's called the Shema. It was a prayer, one of the earliest prayers of the Jewish people. And it is a pronouncement of the, the, uh, the glory of God and his place in our lives. And so we're going to begin here today at one of the most ancient scriptures that we have as believers, not just our uh, Christian friends, but our Jewish friends. Hold this verse in high esteem because of what's hidden here. So let's go ahead and read uh, chapter 6 of the book of Deuteronomy, verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Can I get an amen from the people of God? Father, we thank you for this word today, and we say that you are God alone, and there is no God like you, and we choose today to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength today. So God, as we open up your word, I pray for life to come through these next few moments as you revive and regenerate the human heart. Here in this moment, whether they're in this room or at home, let there be a direct connection between the listener and the Holy Spirit so that your word can break through even the worst failures of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. So we talked about how, you know, love is, is crucial and understanding love is, is difficult in our time. But in the midst of it all, you know, the human heart gives us a, a false hope or a false identity for love. And many of us have thought we were searching, we were experiencing love, but really what we were experiencing was lust or it was, a, it was what we call puppy love or infatuation. And the truth of the matter is, is that real love is God. Because God 
is love. And so when we come to define love, we start by defining who God is. And here in this passage of Scripture, Moses is writing to the children of Israel. Now they're getting ready to go into the promised land. They have been wandering through the desert, and Moses is giving them the commandments. You know, we talk about the Ten Commandments. Well, there were many more than just the Ten. And God was downloading those commandments through Moses to the people of God. But he says, before you hear any of the commands, I want you to hear this. The only way that you're going to be able to walk out righteousness in terms of these commandments is if you love the Lord your God first with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And for so many in the church, the problem is is that we've got the cart before the horse. We've been raised in a church that maybe taught us that we should do right, do right, do right, and we were never made right. We never experience the love of God that sustains the ongoing righteousness of the Holy Spirit. We've never experienced the true love of God. And so we try to check off the list of right things that a Christian is supposed to do or not supposed to do. And instead of really loving God, we are just loving him with our soul and our strength. Yeah, there's this moment, Jeremiah, I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to kind of drill down on. He repeats over and over in this scripture that we're to teach it to our kids, night and Okay, so how many of you have been a part of a situation where you have felt manipulated by somebody and not loved? When we love God with our full heart, with our whole heart, it's no longer about manipulating him to see past our mistakes, manipulating him to see what we can get from him. See, manipulation is something that the world shows us as a way to get something for selfish reasons. But when we are truly honest and love God fully, it's not about what we can receive, but what about what, what we can give in every situation. And God isn't asking for perfection from us. He's asking for obedience. There isn't a single character in the Bible, and I say character, but they were men and women that lived, okay? So we're not talking about stories here that were just written and penned by somebody, like a fairy tale. There isn't a single individual in the Bible that lived a perfect life except for Jesus, But obedience was expected from the Lord by all of those that were in the faith. And obedience comes when we're willing to listen and say, God, with my whole heart, I'm going to follow after you. That's why King David, over and over again, through all of his mistakes, would come back to the Lord. And he would create a place where he'd say, create in me a clean heart. God, I want to have a pure heart before you, one that only is seeking For you to be pleased, God. There's these moments of love, Jeremiah, where we get so crossed uh, crossed over with our culture, whether it's a perversion of what love should be or whether it's our own ideas of what we can get from someone, that we lose the concept that God himself is the most holy God. Mm. Most holy God. He doesn't love us to get something from us. In fact, we know John 3.16 says he loved us so much that he gave his son, right? And this is the moment where we have to understand that true love, true love, it does come with a price. It comes with a price of yourself, your own thoughts, (laughs) 
your own feelings, your own emotions, because in that moment, it's not about what rises on the inside of you, but it's what you lay at his feet that really matters. God is desiring for us today to love him with a full and pure heart. Well, how do you do that? Well, you go to the Holy Spirit and you say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me for all of my sins, the sins I think about and the sins that I do. And Father, I ask right now that through your son, that his blood would cover over all of my mistakes so that when you look at my heart, God, you see your son. Amen. And in that moment, we have a full, pure heart that longs after him in a way that maybe you've never experienced before. For those of you that have been saved for a really long time, I know you, you have to think back. But there was that moment that God literally touched your heart and said, I love you and I see that you love me. Back when the love was simple, back when it was easy to trust God, for those of you that have been saved for a while. It, it may be a, a, a long time ago. It may be a long time since you were able to do that. But this is what we're talking about. Loving God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Now Moses wrote these words to the people of Israel uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Word of God is breathed and given by the Holy Spirit. And so even here in the book of Deuteronomy, the Holy Spirit wrote this word, and I believe that there is a significance to the order in which these three things are listed, heart, soul, and strength. The reason I believe that is because when Jesus talks about it, uh, when Jesus brings the Shema into his teaching, we see the same order. Look at it in Mark chapter 12. Uh, if you have your Bibles, flip over there real quick. This is Jesus speaking, and he's teaching uh, the people about the most important commandment. He says to the, or it says in verse 28 that one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, Jesus, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. I believe it's important that Jesus as well, when he quoted the Shema here, he says the same order. In fact, he even adds the mind. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think that I, this is something that I have struggled with over the years. And I wonder if many of you can relate to this. I have found myself, I've known the Lord since I was little, since I was like eight years old. And I have, sometimes I've been on fire, other times I've wandered far, but I've never wandered too far. And I've always had this thing inside of me. I feel like the older son in the story of the two, the two sons. You know the story Jesus is telling about the, the younger son. And most times people focus on the younger son who goes and leaves home. But the fact of the matter is it's a story of two sons. 
The father, of course, receives the younger son back after he squanders all his wealth and wanders far from the father. But the older son stays with the father the whole time. And in the midst of it, he grows angry because the other son gets a special treatment when he comes back. And there is something in my heart. Sometimes this is what I catch myself doing. Sometimes I will catch myself doing things for God without having my heart engaged. I will find myself doing things out of rote or religiosity or because I have to or because it's the right thing to do. And there's a reason that God says that we should love him heart first. Because when we love God heart first, then everything else falls in the line. It becomes easy to love God with your soul, mind, and strength. When our hearts are engaged, God truly begins to do something through us. And it's not a religious thing that we're doing. It's truly a relationship walking with him as he redeems our heart. And so we see that it, when it comes to loving God, it starts with our heart Love God heart first. We can love him with our mind. We can love him with our, our soul and our strength. But children of God, listen, we should always love God heart first. Because when our heart is redeemed and our heart is loved, it becomes easy to love the Lord your God in all of those ways. And so today, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord today. And like I said, this is a little different than what we normally do. But to love God fully, we must start with our heart. So right now in this moment, Corey's going to begin to play some worship music. And I want to encourage you, would you stand to your feet right where you are? We're going to go into a time of prayer here today. And we're going to give our hearts to God. We're going to let God love us, heart, soul, mind, and strength, so we can love him as well. Can you bow your head with me today? Jesus, we come to you today well aware that, God, sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we fail. Many of us in here today may feel as if we have failed God. But I hear the Holy Spirit saying to you and to me, just bring me your heart. Just like it is. You don't have to scrub it. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to clean it up. Just bring your heart.